thing. Boy, you're a chattery bunch. That's what sugar does. Did you get your donut? No? They're all gone, aren't they? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're having technical difficulties. You get a brand new system, and now there's a cord that won't allow the screen, the lyrics to be up there. So bear with us. Amen. Be ready in season and out of season. So we just need to adjust our attitudes. Father, we thank you for this day that you've made, and we rejoice in it. We thank you, Father, that you're a wonderful God, wonderful Creator. And we worship your Son, the Lord Jesus, this morning. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, as we begin to worship and lift up the name of Jesus. As the Word of God goes forth, open the spiritual eyes of our understanding to see and our ears to hear what you're speaking to the church in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. Oh, my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing.
Come and worship 
Lift your hands and let's sing that one more time. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore Christ the Lord.
Sweet we honor you in this house this morning. We love you, Lord Jesus, our Savior and our soon-coming King. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. We'll greet someone on the way down and you may be seated. midweek service at 7 and then on the 20th and 27th we will not have midweek service on Sunday December 24th we will have a Christmas service you'll find on your seats we've got these they're invitations that you can take put on your refrigerator or you can take and hand them out to invite guests and there's more of these on the counter in the lobby if you'd like to take some so those are there for you one other thing, last week out of the coat room, we were missing a men's black medium-sized coat. I don't know if it got misplaced, if it got inadvertently picked up. If you see it around or you know where it's at, just let us know. And It's a size medium and it's a black coat, so I'd appreciate that. I'm going to read you a couple scriptures while you prepare your offering, if you have it. If you're new, in the back... Of the seats, we've got cards and envelopes and anything you need right there. Um, we've been talking about, or I've been talking about, the storehouse. And in the Old Testament, how God had storehouses and encouraging you to have storehouses for your finances. Because he can't bless you in your storehouses if you don't have any. Now, in the New Testament, Paul talks, he doesn't call it storehouse, but this is what he's talking about. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 16, verse 2, and this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. He says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as you may prosper, that there may be no collection when I come. So he's referring to offerings. He was basically a missionary that went to all these different places, and he's just encouraging them to store something up so they have something to give. Because then in Philippians chapter 4, he talks to the Philippians in the same way. He was out, and he, if you read in the first part, he's talking about, in verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. 
Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then we'll skip over in verse 19. He says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. If you understand the financial principles of God, you reap what you sow. And he's thanking them for storing up, for giving unto them. And we hear this scripture a lot, but if you really read it in context, he's speaking to people that sowed offerings, stored up and sowed offerings. So when you you know, when we receive your morning's tithes and offerings, believe that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus because this is what Paul's admonishing and this is what the word of God says. So ushers, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Going to be part of this because it fits with what you just talked about. Forever and ever, you are good. Forever and ever, you are good. Rest for the weary. Peace for the trouble, restoring the broken. the early church didn't have computers projectors screens it sang from the heart amen you did all right today amen we're on a subject called the army of god how many of you were a part of one of the branches of service army navy we were talking early one two i know ron was there's one there kim okay how many are you of you are in the army of God? If you're not sure, raise your hand. <laughs> you know, if you're in the military, you better know your job, what you're called to do, and that's what we're talking about this morning. Amen. How to qualify for 
special forces. Now, let me review quickly, and then we'll go on to some new material. If you want to, you can find in your Bibles Deuteronomy chapter 20 and marked it, because that's where we're going. We said when an individual develops a disciplined lifestyle of setting himself apart from the world to seek the Lord, the fire of God will be present both to destroy and to build. Let me say that once more. When an individual develops a disciplined lifestyle of setting himself apart from the world to seek the Lord, the fire of God will be present both to destroy and to build. How many of you know we need the fire of God? Amen. We said a good soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of this world. A good soldier is under authority and seeks to please the one who made him a soldier. Some of these characteristics of God's army. Number one, godly attitude. Say godly attitude. Proverbs says the wise in heart will receive commands. How well can you receive a command from God? That will determine how far you're going to go in the army of God. If you're in, in a regular branch of service and your superior officer says to do this, do you say, well, I'll do it when I feel like it? I don't think so. But see, we have that kind of attitude when it comes to God, the creator of heavens and the earth. If he calls us to do something and he gives us specific instructions, we should be willing and obedient. Yes, sir. Amen. So godly attitude is so important. Number two, godly associations. Covenant relationships are vital in these last days. You are who you hang around. If you hang around idiots... Now I looked at you, Mitch. You're not an idiot. So I always pastors always when they're preaching and they look at somebody, it's like, oh, he's picking on me. You're not an idiot. Far from an idiot. But you are who you hang around. Now, if I'm going to fly, I'm going to fly with a guy like that because he's a good pilot. Amen. So it's important that you hang around people that you know want to come higher, aspire to come higher. Amen. Then we said godly aggressiveness. David ran from the Philistines. He ran to the enemy. Then we said there's godly applications. You know, and we talked about how important obedience was. Now, we're going to go on. I'm going to give you another spiritual truth. In this hour, God is raising up His remnant army to deliver the church from the enemy. Is there some things we need to be delivered from a corrupt government? Amen. That's just the tip of the iceberg. He chooses, now listen, because this should encourage you. He chooses the Gideons, the fearful and, and imperfect, and empowers them with His Spirit to win the battle. See, God just doesn't go after the elite, the educated He can take anybody and make something out of them for His service. Amen. And so, don't get down on yourself. If you don't think you, you've not been to Bible school, or you've not, you don't have a four-year degree, you know, in some respects, I think it's good you don't have a four-year degree today with this woke system. But it doesn't make any difference. God can take anybody, and, and once they're born again and Filled with this spirit, they can do mighty things. And we're going to look at that. I want to read to you and uh, from the book 
the costly anointing. And this author says it this way. So I want you to listen because, you know, I could have had you turn to the Scripture, but she says it in a very succinct way. She says, God is raising up an army like Gideon's. There are tests to pass, but the church will not be trampled. Rather, it will be triumphant if it continues to inquire of the Lord and obey His order. Gideon was called to lead God's people against the Midianites. He gathered 32,000 men for battle. But where was Gideon? How many of you remember where he was when God called him? He was hiding under the wine press, treading out the grapes in secret because he didn't want the enemy to find out who he was and where he was. But he says, that seems like a lot of men, 32,000 men for battle, but there was nothing against the enemy who were as grasshoppers for multitude and had camels without number. That's Judges chapter 6, verse 5. God told Gideon to reduce his numbers. <laughs> First he was to send home the fearful and afraid. When Gideon made this announcement to his men, 22,000 went home and he was left with 10,000. We need to make the same announcement in the church. Those who only want to enjoy life and are afraid to do God's will should understand they will not receive a position in the army of God. God is separating the fearful and the pleasure seekers from the bold and fiery warriors. See, there is a line drawn in the sand right now. What side are you on? You need to determine that in these last days. The Lord spoke to Gideon a second time, again telling him to reduce his numbers. He was instructed to take his men to the water and to observe how each one drank. Those who remained alert and drank from their hands would remain. Those who dropped their guard in a desire to satisfy their flesh and lapped up the water would have to depart. Only 300 soldiers remained. I'd call that a remnant. This number is symbolic of the price of the costly anointing. God wants to see who will drink from His hand, not presuming they can do everything on their own. Drinking from the hand, now listen, this is, this is prophetic and this is good. Drinking from the hand represents the fivefold ministry. It means that we are willing to submit to the word of the prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God will use only those who are submitted to Him as servants. Let me say that again. God will use those who are submitted to His servants, the fivefold ministry gift. See, that's where, you know, in these last days, we need to have hearts that are willing and obedient to serve and to submit to authority. Let me say this a better way. Submit to good authority, the right authority. Because right now we don't have the best authority representing us in Washington, D.C. And even in the state, and even locally. But that doesn't make any difference because we are people in God's army that know how to pray. And the effectual fervent prayers of the people of Harvest Church availeth much. Amen. But we as a people in these last days, we need to submit to one another in the godly fear of the Lord. Amen? 
let me go on here. It says, each of Gideon's 300 was to take a picture. Now, this is really good. Listen. You remember the story. Each of Gideon's 300 was to take a picture with a torch inside it in one hand and a trumpet in another. At his signal, they were to blow the trumpets. The trumpet is a type of the prophetic voice of God. We are his voice in the earth, and it is time to blow the trumpet and declare the word of God. Now, what? listen. Once the trumpets were blown, they were to break the pitchers and expose the fire within. This is really prophetic. Those pitchers represent the fleshly, outer man, and soulish carnal thinking. Breaking the outer man allows the beauty of God's holiness to come forth. In order for His light to shine forth from us, there must be a breaking of the vessel. How many are vessels of God? How many of you know there's some breaking going on? Everyone in this room has areas in their life, character flaws, things that need to be changed. Attitudes that need to be adjusted. Old wineskins changing their way of thinking and adapting to new things. That's one of the hardest things for the church in this hour. Is We've been in a rut. You know, we're religious, but there's no power. See, an old wineskin has no power. But a new wineskin, and we'll be talking about that in the days ahead, is, is being willing to change. Now, I'm going to say this, I don't know for sure, but next Sunday I'm going to share with you a dream that I had, November 8th. And it talks, it, it, there's some old wineskin in it, and it's, it's an interesting dream, but it applies to the army of God in, the, in these last days. Say, I'm not an old wineskin. Amen, I'm a new wineskin. So, breaking the outer man allows the beauty of God's holiness to come forth. In order for His light to shine forth from us, there must be a breaking of the vessel. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 states, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the exceeding or the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It was the manifestation of fire, revealed in the breaking of the vessel that put fear into the heart of the enemy and sent them to flight. So if we can get our vessels in order and the fire of God begins to burn, it's going to have an effect upon a corrupt government and society in general. Amen? It was the manifestation of fire revealed in the breaking of the vessel that put fear into the heart of the enemy and sent them into flight. Gideon's 300 conquered with the fire of the Spirit in their hearts and the word of the Lord in their mouth. Jesus is preparing an army that no man could number. Revelation 7-9. His soldiers are suited up in fine linen, clean and white. Revelation 19-8. They are clothed with the holiness of God. His soldiers have allowed... His soldiers have allowed that purging fire to burn in them and cleanse them. His soldiers have allowed that purging fire to burn in them and cleanse them. They hate sin. 
love righteousness, and are filled with His compassion. That's a wonderful description of the army of God. Amen? God doesn't want us to be a sick, tired out, worn out army. He needs an army filled with the zeal of His house, fired up and ready to fight. That'd be a good time to say amen. Those of you that have been in the past churches don't do that. We say amen here. Amen. We really say amen here. Amen. In Deuteronomy, um, well, turn to Deuteronomy 20. Deuteronomy chapter 20. This chapter deals with the principles governing warfare. Principles governing warfare. And whether you realized it or not, there were four types of people that God allowed to go home. In fact, He wanted them basically to go home because they'd be in effective fighting in a battle. And so we need to understand there's a prophetic parallel here that applies to the church today. And so what I want to do, I'm going to read the first eight verses, and then we're going to go through here and look at these four. But it's important to understand that basically God wanted them to go home because if they didn't, they'd die in battle. Amen? God doesn't need distracted people, warriors in these last days. Let's start, pick up in verse 1. It says, When you go out to battle against your enemies, and seeing horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you're on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. That's a good passage of Scripture. Should we be listening to that for today? Yes. Yes, for sure. Then the officer shall speak to the people, saying, What man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. Also, what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has not eaten of it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man eat of it. What man is there who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man marry her. Wow. Let me tell you something. As I was meditating on that and thinking about that, God always has somebody else waiting in the wings if you can't do your job. You think, I'm the only one that can do this. No, you're not. God wants you and I to fulfill our spiritual destiny. But if you're not doing it God's way, then there's someone else that can take your position. Amen? Isn't that the way in the regular service? If, you know, you AWOL, well, then the, there's nobody else that can win the war because you were the one, right? No, there's always somebody else. Then it goes on in verse 8. The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is what? 
fearful and faint-hearted. Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. The last two years, you know, uh, I've always, prophets always, it seems like they're, they're so in tune with what heaven is speaking and they hear it's just over and over and over God is speaking to them. You know, God speaks to me. God speaks to everyone. But we're all different gifts. But the last two years, what God has spoken to me, I could count on one hand. But the two things that he said um, was two years ago, he said, marshal the forces. Marshal the forces. Then the other night, when we were done with prayer, as we were wrapping up prayer, I heard the Spirit of God say, hold the line. Now, that's all military. That's the way... Marshal the forces. In other words, Harvest Church, believers, get yourself ready for battle. Hold the line. Don't look back. Look ahead. Run to the enemy, not from the enemy. So I feel like I'm mustering the troops every Sunday. You're the army of God. Then start acting like it. Talking like it. Walking like it. Amen? Amen. I got two good amens. Thank you. This first category of soldiers, the number one, God says we'll have trouble fighting, will be those who have built a new home and have not dedicated it. Spiritually speaking, now listen, there's a parallel here. Spiritually speaking, we must understand that our bodies are a physical temple to the Lord and dedicated for sacred use. Say, my body is the temple of God. Dedicated, consecrated for sacred use. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You and I belong to who? The Creator of the universe. And we should be at His beck and call. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You and I in the army of God, we must control our thought life. The Bible says, casting down vain imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. You know what I, when I had to do that? About ten minutes ago when we were worshiping. Why? Because I had all these thoughts. Thoughts. You and I... The man on the inside, the recreated, born-again spirit, has to take precedence, take authority over the way we think and what our flesh wants to do. Amen? And sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes it's a minute by minute. <laughs> Amen? Especially what, what's going on in the world today. It's not all good news, is it? 
But you've got to know, just like in Deuteronomy when I read to you, the Lord our God is with us. He'll never, never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us always, even to the end of the age. You've got to know who your God is. But you and I have to do something with our thinking. Then 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when He appears, we want to be blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. You say, Pastor Mike, I have a hard time with my thought life. Well, then you've got to understand, you've got to use that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. What did Jesus do? When He was tempted by Satan, He spoke the Word of God. You've got to get the Scriptures. Get, if you don't know the Scriptures... Get a book that has scriptures in it. Then when the devil comes your way and he's, he's saying, you're never going to pay, you're never going to pay, what are you going to do? My God shall supply all my need. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. If your body's attacked, you know, with, with a bug or a sickness or a disease, what do you, by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. So you and I have to take the initiative. Look at your neighbor and say, take the initiative. Another area of dedication is to the local church. My favorite subject. Another area of dedication is to the local church and the covenant relationships that are made. Great victory and maturity comes. Now listen, when we stay long enough in a local assembly to work through differences and establish lifelong, permanent, godly relationships. Great victory and maturity comes when we stay, say stick and stay, long enough in a local assembly to work through the differences. Anybody got any differences? Well, I got some with her. She's got some with me. We all have differences. But you've got to stay together long enough to work through them. Work through the difference. Establish lifelong, permanent, godly relationships. The anointing flows through people, not church buildings, nor flashy programs. Amen? We got <clears throat> belts are in the back, that mature couple in the back, way in the back. Mary Jane, the Thielen family. <sighs> Trying to think anybody else. Julie's been with us. Quite a, you were a little girl. My gosh. That's almost what? <laughs> 40 years ago. They're still here. And some of you have been here quite a while too. But you've got to realize there are some people that are not here. Why? Well... If you're listening, great victory and maturity comes when we stay long enough in a local assembly to work through the differences and establish lifelong, permanent, godly relationships. You've got to stay. got to stay long enough. Because I, I hate to tell you this. I'm not perfect. I'm not even close and newsflash, neither are you. We're all works in progress. 
Well, all, we're all growing together. And I know people have stayed. And not, You know, as a young minister, I'm, I can be very brash and outspoken, and, and uh, I just say it the way it is. And some people have a hard time with that. And we're all different kinds of personalities. We need different kinds of personalities. But each one of us is a work in progress. Look at your neighbor. Don't yawn when I'm preaching. Soldier. I love you, buddy. You'd be surprised how many of these old ones are yawning too. We're all say look at your neighbor and say you're a work in progress. Look at your neighbor and say, Grow up. The second category, boy, that got you going. The second category includes those who do not cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. As you see here, it talks about, and also what man is there who's planted a what? A vineyard and has not eaten of it. Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man eat of it. Now listen, every believer has a vineyard planted in their heart. Say it with me. Every believer has a vineyard planted in their heart and is responsible to develop it in order to produce fruit. I won't have you turn there, but in John 15, verses 1 through 8, it talks about abiding in the vine. But then it also talks about that P word. What's the P word? Pruning. How many are being pruned right now? All of us have areas in our character. Everyone in this room that needs some pruning. Do you agree with that? In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, let me read it to you. I think I've got it marked in here. Maybe not. Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many got some work to do? I've always told you it's with me, it's in the drive through at McDonald's when I'm waiting to get my coffee. And I just... I, I've gotten so I don't go there much anymore because I don't like to start my day that way. Amen? Amen. Every believer has a vineyard planted in their heart. The fruit of the Spirit is a weapon of war. The fruit of the Spirit is a weapon of war. Joy is the strength of our lives. Do we need strength in battle? I'm going to be honest with you. In a lot of our lives, we could use more joy. You can look at people on their faces. I mean, Donut Sunday, usually they're smiling because it's Donut Sunday. But every other Sunday is... <laughs> Here's another one. A man without self-control is like a city built without walls. So we need, we need all these fruit developed in our, in our life. Listen to Song of Solomon 2.15. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. 
For our vines have tender grapes. Matthew Henry said, believers are as vines which must have time to come to maturity. This charge to take the foxes is a charge to believers to mortify their own sinful appetites and passions, which are as foxes, little foxes that destroy their graces, crush good beginnings, and prevent their coming to perfection. Seize the little, seize the little foxes, or the character flaws, at the first risings of the sun. Those sins that seem little, for they often prove very dangerous. Do you see why we have to learn how to develop that godly fruit? Third category speaks of covenants. And it says, And what man is there who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man marry her. Does that speak of covenant? Sure does. Our commitments that we have made to our marriage partner, now listen, and our children, say children, and even the local church are important to God. Your covenant relationship with your mate, your covenant relationship that you have, the responsibility that you and I have to raise our children up in the admonition of the Lord, and then, you know, the responsibility that we have that we've already alluded to in the first part of the service, you have to belong to a, a local assembly, a good Bible preaching church, a church that doesn't have a perfect pastor but who's passionate. And will repent of his sins. Amen. Our commitments that we have made to our marriage partner, our children, even the local church are important to God. All three must be a priority and in divine order. The believer's covenant with his church body will be vital in the days ahead if demons are to be kept at bay. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We have an enemy out there. And your covenant relationship that you form with other people in the church, if you're down, that other one there will be to prop you up and vice versa. Amen? Too many believers will fly the coop when they discover that the pastor and the church members aren't perfect. How do you know that, Pastor Mike? Because I've been at this for almost... 35, 7 years, long time. I've see, seen people come, and I've seen people go. And usually the ones that go, now are you listening? Because this will make you feel good. Are the ones that haven't developed and taken the time to develop godly character. And they don't understand the importance and the integrity of God's word or their own word. If a decision is made to stay, now listen, this is important. If a decision is made to stay in the church, differences will have to be worked out. Have I ever, some of you as leaders, had some differences? Have you ever had some differences? I'll talk to Abe, because Abe and I are too much alike. We've had differences through the years. But because I love you, and you love me... There's a covenant there. You don't always understand me, and I understand that. 
I'm a different individual. So are you. But we, he's stuck and stay. And we work through the differences. He's open for correction and reproof. He welcomes it. He's told me that in times past. And I know there's times he just left and go. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it isn't easy to be a preacher. And it's certainly not easy to be a worship leader. Because those are the two targets for the devil. So you've got to have covenant relationships. Amen? But most people won't stay. Now listen to this statement. Just like divorce, it's easier to split than to fit. Just like divorce, it's easier to split than to fit. We've wanted to split. Forty years, there's times she's wanted to split and I wanted to split. But we can't because we have a fit. And we fear God. It's not easy living with me. Most certainly not easy living with her either. When we were young, a prophetic gift was Dick Mills called us up and she said he spoke over the word of the Lord. You just love to get a word like this. You're both a double whammy to the body of Christ. What's that mean? We're both strong personalities and hard to be with. But I love her. Do you love me? Say it. Let me hear it. In front of everybody. Say, I really love you, Mike. <laughs> She's a German. She doesn't show much emotion, does she, Julie? All the years you've known her. Me, on the other hand, it's on my sleeves. Opposites attract. What? Irish. Okay. Let me go to four. I'll skip some and we'll go to four. This last one. The fourth category of people are those who are fearful and faint-hearted. Let me read it to you again. The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who's fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest, this is important, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Fear is like cancer. How many of you know what fear is? Since I've been young, I've struggled with fear. Many men and women of God, have, like Gideon, dealt with fear. I told you this, but this is how I dealt with fear when I I wasn't an athlete. I played a trumpet. I don't. We wouldn't have probably gone together in high school. I know we wouldn't have. I was a musician, and she was an athlete. And athletes don't like musicians, do they? But I used to. We'd go do trumpet solos, and I'd get in my daddy's volume, and I'd pop one or two of those, and then I'd get out and play my trumpet. That was the 70s. How many grew up in the 70s? But see, I struggled with fear. But God's not given us a spirit of fear. Quit laughing. God's not given us a spirit of fear. We don't have to be afraid. And we're all still learning that, aren't we? Because in the days ahead, you better know that if you're in the army of God. <sighs> Amen? I made Kim laugh. I'd rather make you laugh than... 
Yeah. Val Valium, not volume. Yeah, the pill. Yeah. I took pills because I was afraid, Kim. Newsflash. Why? Uh, I said it was the 70s. You should have known me in the 70s. I'm glad you're laughing because, you know, I think he is too. I know. He's up there going, he didn't have to take those. But he didn't know me then. Amen. The fourth category is this. God is looking for warriors who are not afraid to witness, lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. I just, <laughs> I just heard this. Um, oh, Mike, help, Micah, help me. The, the evangelist that's the big guy that I really like. Todd White. I was listening to him yesterday. And he got onto a flight with his family and his kids. And he's, he's going on vacation. And he gets on and there's a man sitting in front of him. He said the man was tattooed, had the earring, the whole thing. And they got ready to take off. And he goes, ah! Just like that. Ah! And Todd White, of course, his radar is always up. If you know who he is, he's... He's not afraid to confront. And he reached up and says, Are you all right, brother? He says, I'm anxious. <laughs> well, come to find out, he was a drug addict. And he, didn't, he was on his way down. He, he was crashing. And he, he'd just break out and scream. And the stewardess and everybody, and one guy next, he said, I guess there were pastors on the plane that were praying. And the guy next to him, Asked Todd White, what's wrong? And he says, you just need to pray. Well, they got taken off because of something wrong with the plane. And Todd led him to the Lord and got him saved. But they got back on. And what Todd was saying, that basically he's, he's been born again, but he still has got a lot of things to deal with up here. You understand, Bobby. It's not a snap change, especially with people of that lifestyle. And he, they got ready to go. He goes, ah, screams again. And, and his wife looks at him and he says, not now. Don't do this. And he knew he needed to be delivered. And so he's praying and he says, I think I need to puke. I need to throw up. And I, you, you, I'm not into well, I, a lot of that stuff, but come to find out people were, they had two and a half hour flight and this went through the whole flight. But by the end of the flight, he, 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 Todd White was holding on to him. Can you imagine being on a plane, holding on to him, hugging the man? And his, he said, I don't have anybody in my life that's ever me, loved me or treated me like that. And Todd White was crying. And That's the compassion of God. What are you going to do when you get people like that? What if we had a service right now and go, somebody goes, Ah! I think I'm going back to the Lutheran church, the Methodist church, the Catholic church. Are you going to hold that person and love them and accept them and pray for them and hang with them till they're totally delivered? That's what the real army of God will do. Amen? 
I'll, I'll, I'll close with this in regards to fear. Nate got this word October 29th this year. The Spirit of God spoke to him. Now listen to this. Your fear is nothing more than witchcraft. It is unauthorized use of my creative power that I will never commission you to. Job said it, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and I tell you this, it will every time stand firm and tear down this stronghold in your mind. I've prepared you to do this. Now, listen to this. If you cannot be quiet, you are in fear of what your mind will tell you. You need to take your dominion that I've delegated to you and tell your mind, peace, be still. You have authority over your mind and being in fear of what your mind will say is unauthorized and it is rebellion to my word and my will. Sobering, isn't it? So you and I don't have to yield to fear, do we? Let's stand to our feet this morning. You've been a very, very hooked up, attentive congregation today. And I want to thank Kim for bringing that, that life and laughter out. Listen, if you can't laugh in church, that's sad. Amen. How's this happening? Close your eyes, everyone. If you were to die tonight, do you know where you'd go? Let me see the hands here of everyone who would unashamedly say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Raise your hand. Okay? I want you to know, put your hands down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I, I don't like people embarrass me, so I will never embarrass you. But if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to know God loves you. And I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Each one here, God has a plan and a purpose for your existence. And you need to know that you have a God that loves you. A God that loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. Take your sin, your sickness, disease, shame, your guilt, once and for all, and redeem you by His precious blood. God loves you. I want you to know there's a heaven for you. Or there's a hell. You have a choice to make. Listen to me, I'm 66 years old, and I was young once, and I thought, oh, I'll never get old. I'm there. And you'll be there too. But you need to know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Salvation, eternal life, is Free. You can't earn it by being a member of a church or being a good person. It's a gift, just like righteousness. It's a free gift. And all you have to do is receive that gift into your life. 
I was young once and sat in services and heard messages like this challenging me to come to Christ. And many times I resisted, but there once was a day when I opened my heart and I said, Jesus, I want to make You Lord of my life. And maybe that's you. Maybe you've never made Christ your Lord and Savior. Today's the day of salvation. So I want to pray this together. We're, I'm not going to have anybody raise their hand, but we're going to pray, pray this because the Word of God tells us how we can be saved. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with a heart man believes on the righteousness and with a mouth confession is made on his salvation. All you need to do is confess, receive into your life. Know in your heart you need to change. Know in your heart that you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Say this with me. Father, I come before You in the name of Jesus. I confess I'm a sinner. But today, I've learned that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Jesus, I invite You into my heart today. I make You Lord and Savior of my life. I want to know, if I were to die this instant, I'd spend eternity with You. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for being my Savior. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank You. We glorify You today. We honor You. Now, Lord, I pray for the army of God. Everyone here, that they'll rise up and there'll be a desire birthed within them to deal with their flesh, deal with the sins in their life that have plagued them day after day. Help us all, Holy Spirit. We receive Your grace to deal with every issue in our life now. To put our flesh down, to put our flesh under, and exalt the Spirit. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to work in my heart. Help me overcome the lusts, the desires of the flesh. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just get ready.